language and culture lovers. This is Jules, your host of the All Things Iceland podcast. Welcome to this week's episode, which is part two of the interview that I did with Dora Björt Gudjonsdottir, Iceland's youngest president of the Reykjavik City Council. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I highly recommend that you do. Dora shares some insightful information about Icelandic politics and society. I've linked to it in the show notes on my website, from foreigntofamiliar.com. During this episode, Dora talks more about Iceland's aggressive discussion culture and ways she is working to combat it in order to foster a more democratic society. She also hits on the shift towards freedom of the press, independent media, transparency, and Icelandic people feeling like it is their responsibility to care about what is happening in politics in their country. However, there is a long way to go, and this interview opened my eyes to some deep-seated beliefs in Iceland. Go the skemtun! Do you feel like, with more women being like around you and in, in within the city council, that is it the same? Like, other, have other women also assimilated already? So it's just kind of a part of how they talk or how they, you know, mm-hmm. when you're meeting with each other, how they're trying to like express their views or mm-hmm. is it softening to the point where people are being more respectful and less aggressive? It's a good question because it, it of course varies because uh-huh. women are different and stuff, but I um, what uh, happened in the Pride Party is that we where I actually took the initiative with some friends to found the feminist organization in the Pride Party, okay. where, which I also chair and I am um, um, and with that, and with like some changes that have been happening with Me Too and with all of these Absolutely. things, I think there has, there's more um, understanding of these things. And I have been very vocal about this within the Pirate Party. Mm-hmm. So I think like we have, and like other women there have also been experiencing uh, certain things like these uh, that have been living abroad, experiencing right. life being differently. But in the beginning, I felt that the women around me were acting very masculine as well and they were just kind of uh, behaving in line with this culture so they were just like really loud as well and really like because they had to do it to get space absolutely and you kind of get like sometimes it's hard to actually see the system that you're within right so and it but it has been changing a bit like we try to have our feminist meetings a bit different and like make space and you talk about making space and all these things but it has taken a lot of time because in the beginning I felt that the women were just the same mm. and could be even worse because, you know, it was the women that kind of, you know, it was the women that were able to change themselves in this way that, you know, could be there and could function within this frame while the other the others just went away. Right. You know, they, didn't they just don't want, want to deal with it. No. It's, right. You know, that's, uh, that's a democratic problem if there's a certain type of a person mm-hmm. that's not just that's just not gonna be there and yeah. doesn't want to be politically act- active because of this atmosphere. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I but but I do still experience like here that when it's just women meeting, it's different. <laughs> you know, okay. I, you know, it's not, yeah. So it's more there's more space. You feel kind of more relaxed with like sharing your emotions somehow about like I'm not sure about this and right, I don't know. Yeah. So I I do still feel that it affects yeah. the atmosphere a bit to a positive extent as well so and culture change takes a while doesn't it right yeah. so 
definitely. Hopefully it continues to go in that direction. Yeah, I, I hope so Just as well. Just to balance it. Absolutely, it's super important. But I, th I think it's not going to change if we if we stop talking about it. Right. So, uh, so we need to like continue this conversation. Because we always said like, oh yeah, definitely it's going to change, it's going to change. But then you have like a backlash, you right, know. Yeah. So I think it's important to have this. Yeah. And are, with you. are men aware of this now because people are talking about it do you you know have you seen any men start to change yeah i actually i have and i there's some of my friends in the pirate party like some that are even in parliament that said a few years ago that they were not feminists and they mm. didn't understand what feminism was about and whatever uh, that were like you know with uh, in in this uh, feminist organization with me <laughs> now like in the board just being like i'm a feminist yeah. you know it's about equality <laughs> And I also see that like some of my male friends so experience this um, discussion culture thing very strongly okay. that have been living abroad and you know um, so yeah there's a lot of men that share these things and, and see it as well you know so you know this is a bad structure for everyone it's going to be right. a bad structure for everyone that is not used to taking up a lot of space you know and and you know that can lead to not just like your experience as an individual, but that can lead to a systematic problem. Because right. if you're used to being like put aside in a lot of contexts, like minorities are, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you know, that can, there, there can be like a connection between there. You can like be put aside both in the room here, but also like in the system. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. From a foreigner or outsider's view, mm -hmm. it seems as though the 2008 financial crash in Iceland sparked a change in the government because the people demanded it. Mm -hmm. How is how different is the political landscape now as opposed to before the crash? Hmm, that's a really interesting question. We have more parties now. Okay. We have more smaller parties. Um, we also have much more, you know, progressive people that see the fact that we need systematic change mm -hmm. we, we, we need democratic reform and now people are talking about things like corruption mm. and that that's a problem whereas i think before the crash people were more like i'm benefiting from it anyway mm. so i'm not going to talk about it or or people didn't want to talk about it because they were hoping to benefit from it right. and that's really connected to for example like one of the biggest parties that was like everyone just like nodded along because they're just hoping to gain from it and that's the independence party or independence yeah, party yeah okay. because that was like really the culture here that if you were a part of that party you would get a good job and you'd mm. get help and you'd get all these things and you know for, for you know yeah. it, it was always like that wow you know when my parents were young it was like that like you know it's like it's still today it's to a certain extent like that now it's really difficult to be a lawyer in Reykjavik and not be in the independence party really yeah Okay. So like, so for some people, it's quite strategic, just for getting like good yes. employment and. Yeah, of course you want like to make the connections and you know it's changing a bit, but it's like. You know, I am um, a friend of mine. She is a lawyer, and she said and she's also active in the Pirate Party. Right. And she said to me, you know, when I joined the Pirate Party, I knew that I was like giving up a lot of job opportunities. Wow. And it's like that's crazy. You know, that's yeah. not freedom of opinion no you know absolutely not. not at all and i think that's a huge problem that like it can really be an issue which party you vote and stuff like that yeah. but it, but it used to be like that much more and i think people like 
There was a lot of people still talking about it before, but people woke up to this. And you know, like, normal people started to see this more clearly and so like, whoa, this is a huge problem. Yeah, it's like, terrible. Like, we need to do something about this. And, like, today people are talking about, like, things like, you know, democracy, transparency, freedom of the press, freedom of expression. Yeah. Like, these kind of values that I don't think people spoke about much before and okay. didn't really understand the importance of it. You know, why do, you know, everyone just wanted to um, sit back and relax and just trust the politicians to do the work. Right. And then you saw that, you know, that can be really expensive and really horrible. Mm -hmm. So I think citizens today, uh, to at least some extent, understand more, like when I say citizens, like maybe, you know, the general public or like more people than before understand more their own responsibility as being a part of the politics mm. and like that they can't just like sit back and you know not care like politics is life right. because it's how our societies organizes it you know you saw in the in the crash that you know people lost their houses yeah it was horrible horrible times so you know what happens if you don't care then things go badly so what we like in the part party or very much talking about is this like with the dem democracy and that we need to empower citizens so that the citizens themselves can like get involved when the politicians are failing right yeah you know giving them the possibilities and the tools to be able to do that and you know you need freedom of expression and freedom of uh, information to be able to do that Absolutely. you need to like know what's going on to be able to be enlightened about when it's when there's a problem yeah so like i think there's much more focus now on like the importance of yeah freedom of the press and like independent media mm. we didn't really have it before before we basically only had like quite political media like you know, i had a few big newspapers and they right. were like quite old school and just like uh, nodding along with mm -hmm. the pol politicians whereas today you have critical media that you didn't have before basically there was even uh, a newspaper that was able to give find out find so much information about this case w without involved this minister like I mentioned before yeah. this leaking With the refugee incident yeah yeah uh, that this minister you know resigned so they're having they're having more to say today and they're they're um, they're pressuring more and they're um, you know supervising yeah and absolutely. helping the public to do their own work when it comes to the democracy like you know, the citizens are part of it yeah that's awesome that, yeah. that's great i think you know obviously iceland still has a long way to go definitely but but, I, but i've seen like yeah. at least like a shift yeah like, exactly it's yeah. got to start somewhere right yeah. it's like one step at a time definitely. <laughs> and hopefully keep stepping forward and not taking too many steps back that's exactly. the hardest part and now people are protesting you yeah. didn't see that before okay at all. really yeah it was like it was just crazy people that were protesting, mm. you, know? you know, but whereas today it's like, yeah, yeah it's standard. Yeah. I, since I've lived here for the last two years, I've been to a couple of protests, so I just assumed that this was just part of Icelandic culture was mm -hmm. to, like, protest, and the cops were totally fine with it, and, you mm -hmm. know, just making sure that people walking on the street being safe, and mm -hmm. I was like, this is really cool, you know, go on, I don't feel like I'm going to get shot or, you know, so yeah. <laughs> tasered or something like that. Exactly. Um, so that's fascinating to know this is fairly recent, that yeah. protest. Well, it did happen, but it was much more niche. Yeah. And it was much more like just a very small group of people, okay. kind of. Whereas today, it's more like, you know, my parents go out and protest, and they just wouldn't do that before. They're mm -hmm. just very, like, I don't know, middle class, you know, 
I don't know. Yeah. Normal people. I, I think it's like not when, considered on the like edge of society yeah, or anything. Not right? just like very not it was it's not just like the very progressive people, right. like all kinds of people, that's the point. Yeah. Okay. And that's interesting. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Spreading it. And that's what you need, right? You need the people who are also part of the majority yeah. to help move things forward. Otherwise in too small of groups it's harder. Yeah. You need in it needs to become a wave. Right. Know, exactly. A wave of change. And on top of that, because we were mentioning some things that some people might not be aware of, and mm-hmm. I obviously wasn't aware of this, <laughs> some things you're mentioning, but mm-hmm. what do you feel are some important topics being discussed in Iceland that people who live outside of the country or those who do not, who do not fully understand the language would not be aware of? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So, you know, I... I can only speak from my own experiences, yeah, of course. Absolutely. And I'm just so colored by the fact that I'm living in Norway. I'm sorry. I'm going like, oh, for the win. So <laughs> like, yeah. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It's just that so many people that, you know, live in the States or live, I don't know, just different places in Europe, uh, not in the Nordic countries, that right. think that all the Nordic countries are the same. And that we are just so much like... You know, Norway and Denmark and Sweden. And we then we have a lot of things in common. But it was very shocking to a lot of my friends in Norway how corrupt we were here, for mm. example. Like, there was so much more corruption and so much nonsense going on in the politics than that people, than what people expected. So they were just like, what? Yeah. Iceland? Seriously? Like, the Panama Papers, like, all of these corruption scandals. And, like, you know, there's loads and loads and loads, like... Uh, our financial minister, mm. he was in the Panama Papers, mm. but he's still our minister. Yeah. He's there, it you know. Make any sense. <laughs> it's nonsense, yeah. you know. It's like, and this is, and he has done so many things. Oh my God, <laughs> that man has a baggage. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got really heavy shoulders, obviously. Like yeah. he's always walking around with. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's like he gets away with everything. That man, it's horrible. Okay. Yeah, it's like. You know, and he, just in bright daylight, you know, that's the worst thing. Like, he's just... You it's know, almost like shining light makes it better for him yeah, to some degree. Yeah, it's like he, he can kind of wash it with just saying, like, no, it's it's fine, it's fair, you know. And pe- and then there's some people who just, like, blindly listen to him and wow. just say, like, well, he's doing it, we trust him, oh, you know. No. So there's so much, um, you know, this uh, authoritarianism in like the way he's leading his party like the independence party and they're so you know i think people here are very authoritarian basically mm. so they are you know if they see a strong person who's saying something uh, and uh, that person feels very confident acts very confidently then they often believe it mm. so they're very blind towards what's right and what's wrong and uh like, you know, there's a huge lack of critical thinking, basically. Yeah, and that's kind of sh- shocking to many people, at least. That um, that is just like, I think it's just like, you know, this masculine culture again. Like, that if you're going to succeed in politics here, you need to be like, kind of have this strong personality or, or of some kind. Yeah. And, uh, whereas in, you know, in many other countries, it's more like about your skills or your experiences or what you say. Mm. But here's the like about... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it, this sounds horrible. I'm saying it in a very blunt way, obviously. Yeah. So it's changing as well, uh, luckily. But still, it's like... I feel that it's so much about how you are, not right. so much about what you're doing here. Right. So, it, you know, we have politics of strong people, you know, like... All parties need, like, a very strong face and, like, very, like... I don't know, charming person. Okay, and yeah. that's very authoritarian. Yeah. You know, you just need a strong leader. You don't want to think yourself. Right. You just want to trust somebody else. Like just put everything who looks over, yeah. Like it's a person that you can They're trust. really confident, so of course they must be right. Or it's just. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's really like And that's like that in all the parties, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And that's a problem. Uh, that's a huge problem. That's why we in the Pirate Party have been. We've been trying to work against this. We, we you know, uh, from other uh, values, more like liberal values where yeah. where it's about like the structure the structure needs to be good you know the system should function you should be able to trust the system you shouldn't be having to trust politicians blindly right yeah you know that's our aim that you know you can just trust that uh, the official institutions like the uh, political institutions function uh, so that that there can't be corruption, right? No, that you can, and you, that we have enough transparency, so you can see it from, right. for your, with your own eyes that there isn't corruption, that people are doing it properly, like, and you can see it if you're if they're doing something wrong, yeah. so you can step in and do something about it. And people are gonna have to be willing though to step in, right? That's so it's another yeah. thing you have to be willing to, of course, open your eyes to what you're actually seeing. Yeah, which is pretty fascinating to think that people are just like, nope. Yeah. It's not so bad. You yeah. know, like, I really yeah. like this person. It's like, no, you're yeah. making this much worse for yourself yeah. as well as for everybody else. Absolutely. So that's definitely the huge uh, problem or issue that we have in front of us. That's a cultural change that right. has to happen. I know, and that's... We were often talking about... We were talking about democracy, but we are also talking about education. You know, mm. critical thinking, democratic education, uh, that, you know, children learn from an early age that this matters, that their voice is heard, yeah, that the, their voice matters, you know. It's a huge structure that we need to uh, make because today I, I feel that children are often treated like they don't matter here, mm. you know, they don't get a lot of possibilities of, of uh, you know, um, affecting um, issues and political you know, yeah, basically just issues that concern them. Okay. So, so it's, you know, we still have this kind of farmer's society's view of just like, uh, uh, the kids are just out working and they're yeah. just kids and they don't know anything. And, and that's a huge problem as well because, you know, then they grow up and then they stop being kids and, and then they get the right to vote. Uh, but when you have heard your whole life that nobody wants to listen to you and that your voice doesn't matter, it's really hard to like all of a sudden wake up and be like, yeah. I matter. Right. I should have an opinion, you know. Uh, so you absolutely. need to you need to change a lot of different things to be able to change this, I think. And also you see that like authoritarian voters and authoritarian people, they're just like they actually don't want to see when things are wrong. Right. They just really like they get super blind. You can actually like tell them that like like if they trust in some person and you just tell them that this person did this and this and this. They're just not going to believe yeah. you. Or they're going to say, well, it's not that bad, you know. I mean, uh, you, Trump yeah. Right, yeah. is a perfect yeah. example. And this is on a smaller scale. But still, it's super impactful yeah. when you have the right to vote. And your idea of the person is so skewed that it's nowhere in a line with reality. No, yeah. 
and it's and very difficult because you can't talk to the person really. I mean, you can try to, and maybe over time, but the amount of stress <laughs> it takes, or like no. you know, like hope you have to have yeah. to keep this going. It's exhausting, yeah, right? It is exhausting. So this is like the problem, and that we have a lot of people like this mm -hmm. still. And I think the majority of Iceland are very much like that. It's not just people voting the independence party, you know. Um, some of the people voting like the left greens are just like obsessed with Katrin Jakobsdottir, who is the leader okay. of them. And it's like, yeah, I'm not voting any party. I'm just voting for Katrin. Like, and wow. you know, I trust her. Okay. And, you know, and they have been playing with that idea as well. Like in the last campaign, it was just like it was a picture of Katrin. It's like, who do you trust? Wow. <laughs> so it's like it's more, you know. So. Uh, it's more parties yeah. working with this image and this idea, so... Um, it borders on very dangerous. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. You know, they, a lot of the authoritarian powers in the world start this way. Yeah. And people who are just blindly following them and mm -hmm. thinking that, of course, they have my best interests in mind. And, of course, it can turn on you mm -hmm. or you can end up being uh, an enabler to atrocities. Mm -hmm. So that's very Definitely. scary, for yeah. sure. Absolutely, like that's that's a horrific thing yeah. that like you don't know where what it can lead to. But I think we have you know been like that. I think we're actually like I hope that we're moving the other direction. Right. But like we have we you know it was just like basically yesterday when everyone's when everyone were farmers. Yeah, you know in the countryside it was just like a few decades ago when people started to move to the cities and started to go abroad and stuff. So we're we're a little island. Yeah. So. I think it has formed us a lot and that we're just like, you know, you just trusted somebody to do the work, the politi political work, and you were just working in your farm yeah. and you know the kids were there just to serve you and help you out. And and I think it's just like, I think that's why we're so far in this direction, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I, yeah, I hope it's changing. Yeah. I, I do feel that there's a change, but then again, you're always in your bubble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think... What's also quite fascinating about Iceland is because of the crash and the kind of like revolution, I guess you can say, or like the protests that were happening, mm -hmm. that people assume that so much changed. Like mm -hmm. life is just so different here. Yeah. Particularly when you hear in the news about the happiness index and Iceland being yeah. one of the happiest countries in the world yeah. or the most peaceful in the world. Your mind doesn't go to corruption, mm -hmm. scandal. So there's just like yeah. this very contradictory view yeah. on the outside of Iceland that when you then come or are living in society and doing interviews with people like you, right, <laughs> that you start to be like, wow, yeah. this is not how the country is being represented to the rest of the world. It's so different. I totally agree. And that there's like, we have this really positive image of like or we have at least, at least had it until now right. like we are also measured as the most equal country in the world mm. whereas I experienced as a person as a woman uh, it to be much more equal in Norway you know because you know one thing is like what you can measure and say like oh it's x many people in politics or x many people leading this and this right but like it's something different to actually change the culture in a way that you feel welcome and you feel accepted we're on your own terms as a woman. Right. So I don't feel like it's the most equal country in the world. And, and I, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of, of things like that that you say. Like, for example, there's a lot of people that think we have a new constitution here. Right. So we had a huge process of making a new constitution, which was amazing and was, you know, known around the world. And But then it was just like, you know, we got a new uh, government 
right-wing government and they just put it in the drawer and no. like, <laughs> they're like that was nice good job right it's yeah. like now we're gonna go back to what we like yeah, it's like a, revolu- a revolutionary yeah. way of doing something was done in a really incredible democratic way it was super interesting and fascinating and gave people hope right uh, and then they just like dropped it yeah as soon so as sad. a new government took over they just dropped it and, and no one protested Oh yes, there was. Okay. Oh, yes, yes, and people, people are still, you know, talking about this a lot, and there are protests and meetings yeah. and stuff. But it's it's difficult because it's uh, you know now it's many years since then, you know, and um, and I don't know the majority in parliament they lead um, and decide everything, and it's really hard for the minority to actually. Uh, affect what's happening you yeah. know they're not listened to a lot I, well they have a committee now like talking about this because there's so much pressure mm-hmm. talking about the constitution like well, what can we adapt uh, adopt and stuff but it's like not really there's not a lot of move but it's like it's fascinating because I go abroad and it's like oh you have this great new constitution and I'm like, no. <laughs> you're like it exists in a drawer right like yeah. that's it's about nice. it it's <laughs> <Yeah, that's> nice <laughs> sometimes I pull it out just to look at it and go oh <laughs> yeah the potential is there <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. that's okay yeah so yeah there's stuff <laughs> we've talked a little bit about scandals or at least the fact that there are plenty of them in okay. Iceland. You're definitely not short on that. I don't know. So the financial crisis in 2008 and some scandals since then mm-hmm. have weakened some people's confidence in politicians in Iceland. Obviously, there are people whose confidence isn't weakened because they decide to blindly follow people. But mm-hmm. for others who are watching what's going on and actually digesting it, it's weakened some of their confidence. What do you feel politicians and the government as a whole needs to do to gain back the confidence of Icelandic people? So this is th- this answer is going to be very connected to where I stand in politics, obviously. Yeah. But like that's why I am, you know, I went to politics basically to try to make the institutions strong enough and like professional enough so that people can trust them. That things are the way. They should be. So I think we need to start, uh, you know, we need more transparency and we need stronger um, institutions that are supposed to take care of, of, you know, supposed to make sure that everything's fine. Uh, Like the surveilling institutions. Right. Uh, We need to support them because, you know, that was one of the issues before the financial crisis that they were not supported and they were just seen as like an annoying bug in the wall so they were like mm. you know they got uh, didn't get enough funding and stuff like that so they couldn't really do their job I mean I think we need we need to basically have have the systems in a way that you can just trust that they function and we need to empower citizens so they can do something when things are not functioning right. I think we just we need a new mindset. We need we need to have this democratic mindset all the time. Like when we're hiring people as an as a public in a public institution, you need to do it the right ways. You know, and you need to have all these regulations that say that you're supposed to like do this and announce it this way, and ma- you know make sure that right. you can't do it in a corrupt way or politically, or you know it's the most qualified person that's hired. 
you know, and and you need to document it so that people can check for the, themselves right. that it's done that way. But we also need strong um, press, independent mm-hmm. press, because I see that that's helping a lot, because they are surveilling, they are pressuring, they are like they don't leave uh, anyone alone. They are, you know, being the annoying bug in the wall. And they need to be. They need to be. And they are so important. They're such an important part of democracy. Yeah. But it has been a problem here that, that you know, the independent press, independent press doesn't get any financial support. Mm. Whereas, like, in many of the other Nordic countries, there is, like, a system of support to make sure uh, that they, you know, survive. Uh, but here, it's, like, it's only the papers that are, like, selling a lot of, uh, ads and stuff mm. that survive and that's often you know uh, the papers that don't want to annoy anybody because they are so dependent on getting all this money right. from these rich people so they're not going to criticize these rich people you right. know and we have a problem with uh, you know really big people or big companies owning like a lot of different media or at least like you know, and I think that's a huge problem yeah, that you absolutely. that you can do that because you, I've heard a lot of stories about about all the owners of like newspapers or radio stations like listening and you know criticizing the people working there for criticizing them mm. and you know, like oh you know we have a list over how many times you have criticized this person. <laughs> what like, I've heard that literally that is from so somebody I know who's working who's okay. who works in the radio. So like. We have a lot of these kind of things going on. So it's like a grudge match going on. Uh, it's, crazy. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. And you know what happened in Ruv, like the um, the public uh, radio channel? Mm-hmm. Ruv was being quite critical at some point okay. towards the government. Um, they were like, yeah, they were like doing a great job at some point. And then there was a minister, I don't remember exactly who, but it was in the, in the right-wing government mm-hmm. that came after the left-wing government that came after the financial crisis. Okay, that was a long <laughs> sentence after 2013. Uh, they were not happy with the way Ruv was criticizing the government. Mm. So they said publicly, mm-hmm. if you don't stop criticizing us, we're going to cut down the money you get. <gasps> and so they did. Oh. And Ruv had to fire like, I think it was over 50 people or something. No way. Like, it was like so many people. Uh, and then they, um, oh, I don't remember exactly the amount, but it was like a lot of people. And um, and they actually did that again later. Um, Jeez. And that's like something that everyone just knows about. And, you know, so th- this is the <laughs> issue. Like, things like this happen and then life moves on and like everyone just move on. Except uh, for the people who lost their jobs. Right? I mean, yeah, what are they supposed to I do? Know. And now, and, I, and you know, and like people like me get like, super upset and yeah. angry and we write about it and we you know protest or whatever but then it's done you know yeah. and that actually took all the teeth out of roof i think and, yeah. and i think people people working in these in roof for example they are scared absolutely so they don't dare to do so much well they, I, I think they're trying their best basically but it's like still like i understand it because it has happened so many times before yeah so like there's a lot of weird things like this. I also think that we just have to elect people that actually care more about, you know, the country and, and citizens and, and the, you know, welfare of, of the nation yeah. than their own good. Right. You know, because 
a lot of politicians go into politics just to be in a position of helping their friends yeah. and their relatives and themselves. Nepotism. You know, nepotism, yeah. yeah. And it's so much of that. And it's like, basically, you know, before that was just accepted, you know. It's right. like that w- was what you were doing. And then the best thing you could do was to be the friend of the politician, you know. So you'd get some help. So someone's strategy in life was just to get close to someone high in power so you could get yeah. a good job. Yeah, I know, but yeah. it's, it was like that, you know, and it kind of still is, yeah. but it's like, it's changing slowly, but still, um, yeah, more democracy and transparency, I think is the answer, but it's a complicated yeah. answer to some extent. Like, you also need to, like, yeah, education, stuff like that. Yeah, and like you said, from a young age as well, like, yeah. it needs to, even with the way people are discussing you were talking about the discussion culture Mm -hmm. if at a young age young boys are being aggressive and talking louder you know like that type Mm -hmm. of attitude and you're learning up or are you sorry you're growing up (laughs) learning this yeah in at home or seeing it on the news and debates right that's what you follow yeah so even at home or at different stages in school Mm -hmm. wherever else teaching kids that i think is super important yeah definitely and what i experienced through my school system, and I think uh, it's still the fact today, is that we learned uh, a lot about just remembering things. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, learn, oh, what happened in which year, you know, like, this year happened this, blah, blah, blah. Right. like instead of like learning how cause and effect relate to each other and like, you know, the history and yeah. like how things are connected basically from an history of ideas perspective or, or philosophy perspective or something like we didn't learn that we didn't like we don't have like a holistic approach mm-hmm. to these kind of things here I think it's it was so much like I hated history although I love history today yeah because it was so much about it's like just learn which year this happened yeah. and then you just remembered it by heart and then the next day it yeah. was forgotten, you know, and you didn't understand the context at right, all. exactly. So that's really missing here, like, people understanding, like, what it's about, like, why, not yeah. just the what, you need the why, you know? Absolutely. And I, I felt that my um, my friends in Norway that I was studying with, the Norwegian friends, they had much more of the why, you know, they had the perspective, there's like, nobody cares about which exact year, <laughs> like, that's not the point, yeah. you know, it's a perspective, it's the holistic approach that matters here and you know that amazing it was kind of amazing that I met like super normal people that would like not especially nerdy or anything (laughs) it's like normal people and they were so and knew so much about history informed yeah enlightened people yeah you know that's what we need (laughs) (laughs) there needs to be an enlightenment period in Iceland right (laughs) yes I hope you enjoyed listening to part two of this interview. The third and final part of this interview will be released next week. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. If you want to connect with me, see when new episodes are published, and check out my adventures in Iceland and abroad, I will have links to my social media profiles on my website from foreigntofamiliar.com. If the platform you're listening to this podcast on such as iTunes, Google Play, or whichever, allows you to leave a review, please do so if you haven't already. Thakatir <laughs> og